Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of getting a math teacher arrested. But first, if you enjoy this story, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our story of the day is evil math teacher smashed my iPhone, so I got him arrested. When I was in school, I always had a bit of a mischievous side to me, playing pranks on friends, organizing practical jokes on teachers, doing ridiculous things in class to spice up a boring lesson. This kind of stuff was basically second nature to me. Of course, for the most part, it was just your normal adolescent fun. Harmless stuff like taping my friend Nick's pencils to his desk when he fell asleep in history class, or using a teacher's email address to sign them up for a Russian dating site. You get the idea. Sometimes, though, I would go too far. And a prank idea that had seemed absolutely genius in my head, everyone's going to love this, would go nothing like the plan and end up actually causing some real damage. One time in middle school, for example, I read online that ingesting eye drops leads to a sudden but ultimately harmless explosion of diarrhea. Seeing hilarious prank material written all over this newly discovered information, I came up with a plan to sneak into my homeroom the next morning and put three squirts of eye drops into the coffee mug my teacher always kept on his desk. What could go wrong with that idea? Well, quite a lot it turns out. When the day of the prank arrived, the first part of my master plan went off without a hitch. I silently walked into my homeroom when I knew it was empty, squirted a few drops in my teacher's mug, and quickly made my way out without being seen by anybody. When it came time for homeroom to start, I casually walked back into the classroom with everyone else, settled into my seat, and prepared for the show. I could hardly hide the grin on my face as my teacher took the first few sips from his steaming coffee mug. After a few minutes had passed and nothing had happened though, I started to get worried. Had the eyedrops information been wrong? Was it possible I read false information on the internet? But that's when it happened. Out of nowhere, my teacher's face went white as a ghost. He stood up suddenly, started to say, I don't feel so, and then fell to the ground right beside his desk. As you can imagine, the whole class quickly erupted into chaos with people yelling and crying and running up to my teacher to see if he was okay. I, on the other hand, practically sprinted to the nurse's office, sure that I had just killed somebody and would now be spending the rest of my life behind bars. Fortunately for me and my teacher, however, the situation didn't end quite so catastrophically. I later learned that my teacher had only fainted that morning. As it turned out, he had a terrible fear of throwing up. So terrible, in fact, that upon feeling the severe gastrointestinal distress caused by the eye drops, he could do nothing but fall to the ground unconscious. If you're wondering, by the way, about whether the diarrhea thing ended up being true, 
Well, let's just say that the classroom never quite smelled the same after that day. The point in telling you that story, though, isn't just to illustrate what a misguided person I was back in middle school. My teachers probably would have used much stronger words than that. No, the real point in telling you about the eye drops incident is that it's the perfect story for introducing another prank-related story I have from my time in school. One with even more insane consequences, and one in which, believe it or not, I was in the right. See, what's really messed up about what I did to my poor homeroom teacher, besides the fact that I, you know, caused him to faint and soil himself in front of a bunch of preteens, was the fact that I had targeted an innocent civilian. Someone who hadn't deserved, in the slightest, any sort of prank-induced retribution of that magnitude. A good prank, the perfect prank you might say, would be to target someone who more than deserves a little bit of sweet justice. Someone who karma just can't get to quickly enough. Someone so evil, so cruel, that even the old eye drops in the coffee routine wouldn't be enough to pay them back for their satanic schoolhouse sins. As fate would have it, I met just such a person in my sophomore year of high school. His name was Mr. Miller. My first introduction to the hex spawn demon known to mortals as Mr. Miller came on my first day of sophomore year, meaning I was around 15 at the time. I had just gotten out of my biology class and was now making my way over to the math department side of the school where my new geometry class was located. Although, looking back, I should have been anything but excited that day. I remember being in high spirits as I walked to my new classroom. One of my friends had told me earlier in the day that our geometry teacher had just recently been hired and that no one knew anything about them. A new hire? And no one knew anything about them? To me, these words smelled of opportunity. Maybe the teacher was an attractive young woman fresh out of college, single of course, and ready to be impressed by my teenage mastery of mathematics. Or maybe the teacher was going to be like 90 years old, hopelessly technology illiterate, and prime material for some hilarious, but good-natured, projector pranks. These hopes were quickly squashed, however, as I walked through the door of the classroom and began to look around. The first thing I noticed was the teacher himself. He was tall, broad-shouldered, and so bald that the top of his head reflected the fluorescent lights above him like a mirror. He was also frighteningly serious-looking. As I stepped into the classroom, he stared straight at me from behind his desk completely motionless and completely devoid of any positive facial expression. The next thing I noticed was the students who were already in the room. There was still five minutes until class started, and while normally people would be moving around and talking among themselves, the room was completely silent and everyone was sitting at their desks staring straight ahead. As I made my way to a desk, I noticed one of my friends towards the back of the classroom. I started to say something to him, but before I could, he sort of shook his head at me and motioned to the whiteboard at the front of the room. I turned around, and on the whiteboard, in big block letters, someone had written, Take a seat as soon as you enter the classroom. Before the lesson begins, there will be no talking. There will be no getting up from your desk. There will be no communication of any kind. Starting to feel a bit creeped out now, I turned back around and settled into a desk next to my friend in the back. I didn't even try to make eye contact with him. After what felt like years of sitting silently and staring towards the front of the classroom, in reality it was probably like five minutes, the teacher suddenly stood up from the chair behind his desk. Still not saying a word, he walked over to the whiteboard 
and began to add something else next to his pre-class warning message. Mr. Miller, Third Period Geometry, Lesson 1 After finishing his work on the whiteboard, he turned to face the class and began to speak for the first time since I'd entered the room. His voice was deep and he talked slowly, like he wanted to stretch out his words. As you can surely see from the whiteboard, he started, My name is Mr. Miller, and I will be teaching you all geometry this year. Before I can do that, however, we must go over some ground rules. He then paused to individually look at every student in the classroom before continuing his psycho monologue. First rule, there will be no talking allowed in this classroom unless you are specifically permitted to do so. Second rule, there will be no eating of food or drinking of beverages in this classroom under any circumstances. Third rule, at this point I started to zone out but Mr. Miller continued on and on and on, listing one stupidly specific rule after another. I managed to sneak a glance at my friend next to me, who seemed just as shocked and confused as I was. What the heck is this? I mouthed to him. He just shook his head in disbelief. When I finally zoned back into what Mr. Miller was saying, he was already up to rule 19. There will be a 30-question quiz administered every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this school year. If you're unable to attend class on a designated quiz day, I will have no choice but to assign you a zero for that day's quiz. There will be no exceptions. 20th rule. At this point, I had had enough. I decided that I had to shake things up somehow. Surely this guy wasn't actually as strict as he was trying to make us believe. Without thinking, I raised my hand and interrupted Mr. Miller while he was in the process of delivering rule 20. Mr. Miller, I said. What if we have a valid excuse for being absent? Like, what if we're sick or we have to go to a funeral or... Silence! Mr. Miller was staring straight at me, fuming. Although you're undoubtedly too thick-skulled to understand what's going on, you, he said while pointing at me, have just broken the first rule of this classroom. He started to walk over to where I was sitting in the back. I could see everyone else in the class turn to look at me with a mix of pity and horror. When Mr. Miller reached my desk, he began to speak again. Stand up. When I didn't immediately react, his voice was back up to a yell. I said stand up. I stood up then, staring straight ahead towards the front of the classroom. Now, he said, when someone in this class breaks one of the rules, there must obviously be an appropriate punishment for the offender. Luckily for you, however, he said looking down at me, Today is the first day of class, and I'm feeling uncharacteristically lenient. Therefore, you will only be given a zero for the first six quizzes, along with having to go to the principal's office to explain why you're missing the remainder of today's class. A zero on the first six quizzes? How is that? Out, he yelled, pointing to the door. The principal's office, now. Not in the mood to be screamed at anymore by a mentally unstable geometry teacher. I reluctantly gathered my things into my backpack and began to head for the door. On the way out, I could hear Mr. Miller speaking to the rest of the class again. Let that be a lesson to you all today. There will be no toleration of such delinquency in this classroom. I couldn't believe it. This was hardly the first time I'd been sent to the principal's office in my life. The truth was, my pranks had gotten me sent there more times than I could even remember. But this was definitely the first time I'd been sent out of the classroom for asking a question. And zeros on the first six quizzes? Who did this guy think he was? 
It was then and there that I decided something had to be done about Mr. Miller. As I approached the familiar entrance to the principal's office, I realized the opportunity to set the situation straight might have already have been given to me, and by none other than the problem man himself. See, the convenient thing about being sent to the principal's office so often is that you and the principal get a lot of time to get to know each other. And if you're smart about it, you can use that time to slowly but surely become friends with the principal. Until you get to the point that being sent to the principal's office is like being told that you've got to go hang out with your friend for 30 minutes. I had reached that point with Principal Nelson by freshman year. That's why I was smiling as I knocked on the entrance to his office. Maybe, just maybe, I could use some of that goodwill I'd built up with him over the years to subtly plant the seed in his mind that Mr. Miller was no good, that he needed to go. As soon as Principal Nelson opened the door, the game was on. Principal Nelson, I called out like I was reuniting with a long-lost friend. How have you been? Did you enjoy that trip to Greece over the summer? The principal laughed and beckoned me inside his office. I can't believe you remembered the Greece trip. It was quite the time. Though I tell you, you haven't lived until you've tried authentic Mediterranean food. And the wine. He paused, like he had forgotten he was talking to a sophomore in high school. Well, I guess you're not quite old enough for that yet, he said laughing. I laughed with him. Not quite, I said as I settled onto one of the chairs in front of his desk. Anyway, the principal said, sitting down in his big leather office chair, what can I do for you today? Glasses starting off okay? It took everything in me not to laugh. Here I was, sitting in the principal's office, being asked what the principal could do for me. How did I do it? Classes have been pretty good for the most part, I said. I think I'm really going to like my history class this year. Biology seems like it might be a little hard, but listen, Principal Nelson, I lowered my voice trying to seem as serious as possible. I'm not sure what you know about this new geometry teacher, but he seems like he might be a little out there, you know, a little bit unhinged. The new geometry teacher? You're referring to Mr. Miller? The smile had left the principal's face, and he was now looking at me like a principal's supposed to look towards a misbehaving student. Well, that just can't be right. I know Mr. Miller personally. I say personally? Well, I'm not sure how well you know him, but today in class he was being really... Mr. Miller, the principal interrupted, is my cousin, and I will not have a student talking bad about a family member of mine in such a disrespectful manner. That is entirely inappropriate. Oh no. I didn't mean to be disrespectful, Principal Nelson. Honestly, I was just trying to say that he... Enough! I've let you go on for far too long spouting this nonsense. The principal took a deep breath in. I think it's probably time for you to head back to class. I sat there stunned for a second before grabbing my backpack and standing up. As I made my way to the door, the principal called out my name. One last thing, he said. If I ever get word again that you're giving Mr. Miller any trouble, there will be harsh repercussions. And I mean that. For the next few weeks after that trip to Principal Nelson's office, I didn't dare try any of my normal tricks in Mr. Miller's class. In all my years of getting in trouble and spending time with Principal Nelson, I had never seen him as serious and angry as he was the day I brought up Mr. Miller. I didn't know for sure what harsh repercussions meant, but I sure as heck didn't want to find out. In the meantime, Mr. Miller's class was becoming even more of a nightmare with each passing day. I had hoped at first that he would maybe mellow out as time went on. 
that maybe his first day explosion had been some sort of performance to scare us all into behaving, but that hope quickly proved to be pointless. The class was just awful. Every night for homework was page after page of practice problems, which all had to be done meticulously. Unless, of course, you wanted to get yelled at in class the next day. And sure enough, just as Mr. Miller had promised, every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday was reserved for one of his dreaded quizzes. 30 impossibly difficult questions that no one ever knew how to answer. Turns out having a quiz every other day doesn't leave a lot of time for actual learning. But the worst part of the class was Mr. Miller himself. Among other sick pleasures, the man seemed to pride himself on how many students he could make cry in a week. I think his high score was four. He would always stand at the front of the room, write some advanced problem on the whiteboard that he knew we wouldn't understand, and then pick a student at random to go up and solve it. Everyone dreaded being picked, because if you couldn't solve the problem, as was always the case, Mr. Miller began to tear into you relentlessly. Have you been paying attention at all, and you're one of the worst students I've ever had, and on and on and on. One time, a girl ran out of class crying after she was picked to go up, and we never saw her again. Most people said she transferred to a nearby school. Others said she moved to a completely different state. After about a month and a half of this nightmare, I had had enough. Something needed to be done about Mr. Miller. I knew Principal Nelson wouldn't be any help. After that day in his office, he had suddenly turned cold to me, frowning at me in assemblies and ignoring me in the hallway. I knew my parents wouldn't be any help either. I tried telling them about how awful Mr. Miller was, but they just assumed I was exaggerating because I disliked geometry or something. That's when I realized it though. The best way to get to Mr. Miller was through Mr. Miller himself. See, there were two things I knew about him for certain. The first was that Mr. Miller hated being disrespected by students. Disrespect or backtalk or anything at his expense was basically guaranteed to get under his skin. And the second thing I knew was that Mr. Miller had the shortest temper imaginable. The man was the literal definition of a lit fuse. Maybe then, if I couldn't get him in trouble with the school, I could make him do something that would get him in trouble with the law. What I had in mind was a long shot, but I knew there was a chance. On the day of Operation Get Miller Fired, I brought two extra things to school with me, a permanent marker and an old iPhone that I no longer used. Right before geometry was supposed to start that day, I quietly snuck into the classroom while I knew Mr. Miller would be in a staff meeting. Then, permanent marker in hand, I wrote this on his precious whiteboard. Mr. Miller has as much intelligence as he does hair, and then quickly ran back out into the hallway. Once it was time for class, I casually walked in and sat at my desk in the back. Mr. Miller still wasn't back from his staff meeting. As people began to make their way into the classroom, someone noticed the message on the whiteboard, and soon laughter was spreading throughout the entire room. Then Mr. Miller walked in. As he made his way to the desk, he noticed my craftsmanship on the board and immediately flew into rage mode. Who did this? Who did this? I want to know who did this now. When no one answered him, his yelling only got louder. This whole class will be severely punished if no one confesses to this act of vandalism right now. Still, no one in class said anything. Then, still fuming, Mr. Miller walked to his desk and grabbed an eraser. Say goodbye to your little act of rebellion because this ends now. 
As Mr. Miller walked back to the whiteboard, eraser in hand, I pulled my old iPhone out of my pocket and began recording. When Mr. Miller got to the board, he took a long, dramatic sweep of the eraser over my message. When the permanent marker stayed on the board, the whole class erupted into laughter. Mr. Miller was furious now. I will not be disrespected like this in my own classroom. Then he noticed me in the back, recording on my phone, and purposely laughing as hard as possible. You, he said as he stormed over to my desk. Of course it was you. Who else would be stupid enough to do something like this? When he had nearly reached my desk, I quickly nodded to a friend next to me, who then pulled out my actual phone and began recording. The next thing I knew, Mr. Miller was towering over me. Scared as honestly as I was, I kept the iPhone camera pointed up at him and continued to laugh. You may have thought you were going to get a cute little video out of this whole stunt, he said, but think again. He grabbed the phone out of my hand, raised it over his head, and violently threw it against the ground. As little bits and pieces immediately flew everywhere, I started to genuinely laugh. Somehow, my plan had worked perfectly. The phone was ruined, and most importantly, my friend had gotten it all on video. After school got out for the day, I immediately made a beeline for the police station, which was within walking distance of my school. Broken iPhone in one hand, and completely functional iPhone in the other. I had done the research already, and knew that if I could provide the police with Mr. Miller's name and address, and the video of him breaking the phone, he stood no chance. Surely a misdemeanor vandalism charge would be enough to get him fired. When I walked into the police station, I made my way to the receptionist at the front and told her I wanted to file a vandalism report. After waiting in the lobby for about 30 minutes, I was finally ushered into a back room where an officer began to ask me questions. Property that was damaged, defaced, or destroyed? I pulled out the plastic bag holding my smashed iPhone, and the officer typed a few words into the computer in front of him. Okay, an estimated monetary value of total damages incurred? Around $250, I said. The man continued to type on his keyboard. When we finally got past all the technicalities and the officer asked me who had damaged the phone, I perked up. Robert Zenhel Miller, I said proudly. He's a teacher at my school. The officer raised an eyebrow at me but continued to type into his computer. After a few moments, he made a confused sound. Is there something wrong? I asked. Our system's not showing any record of a Robert Zenhel Miller residing in this state, the officer sighed. Look, if you'll just give me the address for this individual and leave us your name and phone number, we'll check it out and get back to you as soon as we can. I say, but I have a video. He says, we appreciate you coming down here, young man. We can take it from here. Dejected, I made my way out of the police station. No Robert Miller in this state? Then who the heck was the guy who broke my phone? I didn't see anything else I could do though, so I walked back home and hoped for the best. After a week had passed and Mr. Miller was still at school, teaching and torturing students even more intensely than before, I pretty much lost hope. I started to forget about the stupid police report and resigned myself to an awful rest of the year. Then one day, about two weeks after I filed the vandalism report, the news hit the school. I was walking towards the main entrance in the morning when I noticed a group of five students gathering around someone in the middle. The guy was showing people his phone, and everyone seemed in shock. Curious, I walked over to them to see what was up. What's so crazy over here, I asked. 
One of the guys turned around and looked at me like I was stupid. You seriously haven't heard? Principal Nelson got fired. And also that new geometry teacher, uh, Mr. He turned to his friend next to him for help. Mr. Miller, the friend said. Right, right, Mr. Miller, the guy continued. Apparently this Miller guy was involved in some serious stuff. He had warrants out for his arrest in another state. Miller wasn't even his real name, they're saying. I thought I was dreaming. The guy continued, and apparently Principal Nelson knew about all of it. The guy was his brother or cousin or something and he gave him this job so he could hide from the law or whatever. Wow, I said. That's crazy, right? The guy said. I nodded absolutely dumbfounded and continued into the school. After a few moments, a smile crept onto my face. I hadn't felt this happy since school had begun two months ago. Over the next few days and weeks, the full story gradually came out. How Mr. Miller had been wanted for tax evasion and money laundering in two other states. How he had changed his name and moved to my town to get away from the police. How Principal Nelson had pulled a few strings to get him a job teaching geometry, a subject he in reality knew nothing about, and how he had been discovered after police went to his address to investigate a misdemeanor vandalism charge. I never did tell my parents or anyone at the school about the part I played in Mr. Miller getting arrested. For one thing, I really doubted anyone would have ever have believed me, but it also felt kind of poetic in a way. Me, the lifelong prankster, constantly clamoring for attention and laughs with my pranks, somehow silently bringing a criminal to justice without anyone knowing. Through a prank? I think even the fainting eye drops teacher would have been proud of me. I'm not gonna lie, this story almost wasn't pro-revenge, this was almost nuclear revenge. While I was reading this story, I started thinking about how all the teachers I had growing up were, and if I ever had anyone as angry as this guy was, you know, pre-finding out about his misdemeanor and stuff. And legitimately, I've had a few teachers who would literally yell at students. Apparently, one of the teachers I had actually threw a book at a kid one time. Wasn't during my class period, though. It made me wonder, like, for all you guys in the comments, have you ever had a teacher that was this angry, upset, uptight? I'd like to know about your guys' school experiences in the comments down below. As for this guy, this dude was insane, and honestly it's kind of scary after you go back and realize that shift in behavior from the principal, and like how much stuff was really being covered up behind the scenes. This was a dude who should have been behind bars and not been covered up for, let alone covering up for him by giving him this job where he's alone with kids in a room literally like all day. I'm just kind of wondering what charges that principal would have gotten from all this. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was even more insane than this one, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 